you are now entering that one studio for the What Are You Made Of show with your host, Mike C-Rock, and his guest, who will be sharing what they're made of. The journey to success has been invisible until now. Sit back, relax, get your notepad ready, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to That One Studio, the What Are You Made Of show here with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm in here with another great guest, but before I introduce... Matthew Belair, I want to thank you all for joining me. Thank you for watching and listening or however you consume this information. It means the world to me to have you as a listener and a supporter of this community that we have here with everything that we do here with that one, C-Rock brand and all that. So thank you. And uh, today, you know, we got a, a great guest here. He's been to over 25 countries to explore the limits of human potential. He's the host of the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit show that has reached number one in over 25 countries. He is the author of the best-selling book, Zen Athlete, A Guide to Self-Mastery. Matthew Belair has also been kicked off of all these platforms because of some stupid shit, which we'll get into as well. And we're going to try to figure out how do we get him back out to the world because he's obviously been helping some people. And just, you know, there's no reason to be uh, kicked off or censored for asking questions. It's horse shit. It's my, my opinion. And I'll, I'll just say it like it is, Matt. What's up, bud? What's up? Man? I appreciate that. Yeah, so uh, thanks for coming on to the show today. And, you know, we start the show the same way every time. And, you know, it's with the question, what are you made of? It's an excellent question. I looked at it. I have no idea. I would say, you know, that's a phenomenal question because to me, it's a mystery. What I do know is an, it's an intelligent, miraculous design. And in my opinion, um, I'm created by God or some sort of divine force. And in the Bible, it says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So in that sense, you know, I can say that. but other than that i have no idea yeah okay so let me ask you a question on that right like we have our beliefs and convictions and faith and all this right if we're gonna have faith in something you know and i do this a lot too and i just start questioning myself right like i believe in god or whatever you whatever you want to call it i say right or something like that and i respect everybody's belief why don't i just say no it's god and this is this is the way it is and does it take away from our faith and conviction if we do that other part, because I do it. I'm not picking on you. I'm, I do it too, like God or divine, whatever. No, 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 no. This is what I believe in. Boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think people have to come to that on their own, um, on their own time and their own way to know it. For me, it is God. Or when I study with the Native Americans, they call the creator. What I know for sure, it's an intelligent, miraculous, unbelievable design that goes beyond any kind of human comprehension. And it's not by accident. If you look at anything in this world and how it's made spiritually or through um, sacred geometry or study any of that, it's it's so far beyond comprehension that it has to be by design. So for me, I'm very comfortable with God because I've also had these experiences in my life where I've been very fortunate to see things happen that there's no reason, it, you know, the chances are one in, you know, a hundred trillion that this thing happens. So, you know, and to experience it directly through meditation or sometimes plant medicine, people can do that. But I've had these like oneness experiences that make me know that there is a creator and I was created, but that's for me. So I can't say that for anyone else. Yeah. Well, what about this? Like when you're doing all the different studies and you have meditation and do your different journeys, right? Um, how do you not get confused and with things maybe contradicting each other or how do you pick one to follow? Um, you know, or do you just take the similarities between all of it and then formulate your own decision? Yeah, that's a great question for me. I was always curious, you know, 
who was God? What was I capable of? Um, was enlightenment possible? And I've noticed a lot of similarities. So with my podcast, I have over 600 episodes, been to 25 different countries studying with, you know, Tibetan monks to Native American elders to, um, you know, going to the parliament to world religions. I think there are a lot of similarities. And what's come back after my own personal journey is I think the individual has to seek God honestly, and however they do that, they'll find them. Now, we have religions, and I have my own thoughts on all the different religions out there, um, but for me, it is God and a creator, and a lot of it actually goes back, for, for me anyway, to the Bible. So I hosted a law summit because I'm Canadian, and we got smoked over the last few years, as we were saying in the podcast. Now, for my podcast, I'm supposed to register it. So Canada is a communist country. People just have not gotten the memo yet. They want us to register all our podcasts now through the government, through like whatever, so they can censor me even more. I went through, had 150,000 downloads a month like five years ago, got censored the first time, built back up to 150,000 downloads a month, got censored again, got kicked off every single platform, you know, can't even make accounts on some of them. So like what's going on over here is absolutely bonkers. Um, that's kind of like a side note, but for me in like the spiritual journey, I think I hosted a law summit, and they kept saying the Bible was the contract on the planet. There's about five or six experts that said that, and they could defend themselves in court because in the Bible it says God gave dominion to land, air, and water to man, right? What we're experiencing when we're getting screwed over is uh, admiralty maritime law, law of the sea, kind of like pirates taking over. It's a really deep, satanic, weird subject. I've also worked on bringing awareness to human trafficking where I became more familiar with some of the horrible shit that's going on in the world. Really, really, really dark stuff that's kind of like unfathomable. But to me, if these guys were actually Satanists, you know, and they believe in Satan and they kill children and they do, this is not like, I don't want this to happen. The evidence is overwhelming. Um, if they're doing that, then God must exist in that. And it's in that book. So that's a book that I ignored a lot of my life, but in reintroducing it into like my own spiritual practice, like I think a lot of it's in there and uh, it just simplifies it for me because I got into the, the new agey thing and I saw some of that nonsense, you know, and anything that was supposed to make me, you know, promise like a, a higher consciousness or enlightenment or whatever, I tried it. Like I sat in meditation for months. I traveled the world. I did anything you could shake a stick at. And to me now it's very simple. There is a creator. A lot of it, if not everything is in the Bible, but you need to interpret it for yourself. You need to read it for yourself to understand it, um, and then you need to go apply it, but you need to have an open heart that is seeking God, and then you're going to have clarity through your own life and through your own experiences in how you navigate that. And then, uh, so, so based on that, when are you leaving Canada? Oh my God. Immediately. Can I, if I can get a job with you down in the States, my dream is to be in the States in like, you know, a state that is like, likes God and guns. You know what I mean? I just want to farm and be left alone. Cause if you see the opposite of what's happening here, it's horrible. We got shut down when I was doing my coaching group and we had people across the States, um, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and it was only the red States in USA that were free. They had two, three years of like nothing, and they just said, I felt, I feel so bad for you guys because my group of people was from all over the world, and people were just getting, you know, really smoked, including myself, you know, so um, you just really see that difference in what's going on and, and the opposite of um, freedom, and it's not ideal when you're being told what to do, and that's when I realized what the Second Amendment was for. It's so the government can overpower the people. And I learned that when I was studying about how wars happen and how starvation happens. Starvation is a simple one too. If you have a middle class 
right? In Africa, there's a middle class that are pain in the ass. So you can't go take every resource you want from them. So when they want to install communism, if you look at uh, the Communist Manifesto or how they did it with the Bolshevik Revolution, you got to make everybody poor so they're dependent on the government, right? And then they have to go to the government for handouts. And if they're not poor, they can do all these kind of tactics to basically destabilize a country, um, to you make them poor, make them dependent on the, the government as the only way. Um, and then, then, then there's the arms thing. So Canada's got actually the second most guns in the world. You guys have the first. So there's no way to conquer your country. You cannot do it. You can only subvert it. Because even if Biden says, uh, you know, China has won, right? And they're coming in on boats, right? And they're, they're being flown in. Unless they blow you to smithereens, they're still going to lose. Even if your U.S. Army stands down, because every one of you has a gun. So good luck taking over the people. You can't do it by government and you can't do it by external force. So your founding fathers were quite intelligent people. Well, I would like to argue a little bit with that because what's happening in our country now, you know, like we do it comparatively speaking, but we can we can see how uh, our our country is uh, screwing up a lot of things. I mean, our, our, we got inflation through the roof, you know, and, you know, eventually they're going to stop allowing us to have cash. So they're going to track everything. So once they have control of everything, but my view, is, I agree with you, like at the end of the day, power and greed are the things that cause divisiveness on purpose to keep us divided. And that's how they do that to us. If they have a black and white thing, if they have a red and blue thing, if they have vax and pro-vax and, and, and anti-vax thing, if they have an Israeli, uh, uh, whatever they're going to, you know, say the Palestinian Israeli thing, like whatever the divide, they divide, divide us. And that's how they're going to do it. Because what the thing is the power and tool that they have, and you can tell me if you agree with this or not, the power tool that they have is divisiveness and then people that 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 fight each other. And as long as we're fighting each other, then they have power over us. But if we were to be able to unite somehow, and I have a way to do that, um, then they'd be in trouble. So well, I, Yeah, I totally agree. And I'd love to hear how we unite. I'm just saying it's that we could go on this for hours, but U.S. is the only one that can withstand all this stuff. So the World Economic Forum and all these yeah. big players of the banks, they're definitely doing that. They're doing all of that different stuff. But you guys, of how you're set up, can play defense better than we could. So all the other countries just got smoked. Like Canada, it just got whatever World Economic Forum yeah. wants, we get across the entire country for as long as going to happen, where you guys, however you're set up, can play defense against this global agenda better you. than anyone else. You. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but here's Not the problem. Not that it's definitely what, happening there, and you're targeted well, for sure. Yeah, but the, here's the problem. What, what, all they had to do is take over and, and own our people that are in power. Yes. Own our government. Like, own the own the, 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 the uh, representatives, the senators, congressmen, and the president, and they own them. And then, you know, you, you see what's happening with the Biden, all the, all the Biden things that are going on. That's why they don't like Trump. <laughs> so that's, that's why they're scared of Trump. It's because Trump can do that, what you're talking about. But Biden, he's already sold out. But anyway, uh, let's get let's get into your life, man. I want I want to hear how you were made, man. Like, let's where, where where did it all start for you? Like, where'd you grow up in Canada? There, and what was life like? And then, how did you start on this curious journey? Yeah, for me, I was uh, always very curious. So I grew up a martial artist, so I wanted to know, you know, the limits of my own potential. I began reading books on like Bruce Lee and things like that. And then in my teenage years as an athlete, but I started to read on consciousness, meditation, lucid dreaming, astral projection, hypnosis while studying war because I had two channels as a kid. And one of them just showed these. You remember those, um, I don't even know, world hunger things and have like little kids starving to death and it'd be like super traumatic. And I thought about like, why couldn't we just give them rice? We got to figure that out. So those were kind of my, my really two uh, main drivers and then who and what was God. And so that kind of drove me to 
first I went to Whistler and I became a professional snowboard coach and uh, kept studying about sports psychology, peak performance and things like that. Then I did a big world travel. I trekked Mount Everest, trained with Shaolin monks in China, um, trained with Tibetan monks. And then over the next 10, 12 years, I did 25 more countries with different uh, teachers, three different indigenous elders, scientists, mathematicians, going to Egypt with a science foundation, anything just to kind of figure out what in the flying hell is going on here, but also trying deep spiritual practices. So if I'm supposed to be enlightened by meditating all day, every day, I tried that in the forest, you know, for months. Um, any practice, like cold training, I did that for a year to just try to figure out who I was, even like ayahuasca and stuff like that, which to me is a bit of a cheat code. But I think if you're doing it for the right reasons, it can be helpful. And if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, it might not be so helpful, but it's a very powerful experience anyway. And so I just wanted to know what was going on here and then also how to make a positive difference. And so one of the prayers that I've kind of kept in my whole life was like, make me useful. You know, what can I do to be helpful here? Please guide my life. Uh, show me what I can do to make a difference. And so that's when the podcast started, maybe after Whistler and and uh, and since then I've had uh, 600 episodes, amazing people just like yourself. I'd love to have, have you on one day, but just trying to figure out how do we live a good life? How do we make a positive difference and how do we live it from day to day? So it's not just, you know, all talk and all theory, but something applicable that we can measure and, um, you know, use to support other people. Yeah, bro. I mean, that's phenomenal. What's a, what did you ever study Neville Goddard? You ever heard of that? Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I did definitely come across him. Um, not deeply though. Yeah, oh, I haven't gone deeply, but just some of the things I started reading about and then his interpretation of the Bible, pretty interesting. So you check that out. And then the other thing is um, L. Ron Hubbard. Have you ever heard of L. Ron Hubbard? Scientology. Yeah, have you, have, did you look into that? Because well, you just did an expansive search or, or, or research. You just basically I covered did, that. I but. did look at some of L. Ron Hubbard stuff. I went to uh, – when I was in actually Los, Los Angeles for the first time, went to a Scientology thing and kind of checked it out. It was very fascinating. You know, um, yeah. I love all this stuff. So he's he'd be a guy like I love to have on my podcast. And then over years, as you kind of hear all these different experts who are genuinely seeking, you know, what I've deduced when I was speaking the last time in the States, you know, for me, what an awakened person is, is somebody who takes 100 percent responsibility for everything in their life, because if they do, then they're not a victim. And then they go from what what can I get to what can I give? How can I yeah. make my life of meaning and impact? And so if they have those two characteristics and then if they seek God honestly, right? If they're honestly seeking God in whatever way, whatever religion, background, um, upbringing they came from, if they truly want to know God, however that's going to form for them, I think will be realized over uh, a duration of time with honest intent and action. Yeah. No, you hit the nail on the head. Responsibility is like re ridiculously important for having a you know, fulfilled life and having freedom, you know, to the degree that you're uh, responsible and take responsibility, you have control. So I'm, I'm in full alignment with that. Now, what about uh, physics? I'm sorry, quantum physics and quantum anything. Have you studied any quantum? For sure. I've, I've watched a lot of documentaries. I ended up going to, and I don't know, I'm not a, like the way my mind works. I'm definitely not a scientist. Like I'm the guy who goes in and test dummies it. And then people measure me up with things. I, I went to uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's trainings, which were fascinating where they, you know, hook you up with the EGs as you do the, the meditations. Um, I went to Egypt with the resonant science foundation and I've gotten a little bit into quantum physics and, you know, all I can deduce from that is as far as they can figure out, they're, 
comes a point where like the God factor comes in and it's just mysterious. It's beyond comprehension. It's immeasurable. And we are living in Maya, the illusion, um, the veil, whatever you want to call it. We're only going to know a little bit of a little bit. And that's kind of why you have to humble yourself to the creator. And then if you're going to use science, if you're going to use uh, physics, philosophy, or your life, you know, keep it simple. And what can you do that's going to make an impact, you know, in a meaningful way? Um, you know what I mean? With that intent, because the bigger picture, we're, we're never going to know, you know, people who think they know have no idea. It's way too mysterious and big. Yeah. And the thing is, is that as they look at quantum physics, they go down really small, right? Particles mm -hmm. and particle theory and all, and they keep going smaller and smaller and they keep finding more and more and more and more and more. And it's like, okay, eventually you got a bigger, like you're saying. So with that being said though, and these are things that I contemplate, right? Some days I'm like, why, why do I even bother? <laughs> like, why do I even bother trying to improve things? It's like a never ending totally. battle. Like, and, 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 and is it really in my power and control to do so? Mm. Or is it a, just a little drop of a grain of sand in the bucket? I think the exact same thing. It's a really um, great question to ask. My, one of my best friends, he, he would always say to me something like, you know, why do you put the weight of the world on your shoulders? You know? And it's a very fascinating question. And over the years, so I've worked on some pretty dark stuff like human trafficking, trying to bring awareness to that. It's so awful. And what I think that I've learned is that you can do your part and then the bigger part is not up to you. We all have an individual journey. So if you can somehow let that go, you know, give it to something greater, give it to God or something like that, but do your piece because – when I studied with the Native American elders, one of my favorite things was just how they would apply it in a day-to-day -day scenario. So being kind to your family, being kind to your friends, being kind to the person who's serving you at the restaurant, getting everyone's name. And that was one thing I, I was taught. The best spiritual teaching I've ever heard is from my uh, friend and mentor, David Lomper Senapas. And he said, do three kind acts a day, go out of your way to do it and don't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you, everyone and I do this in the States, I'm Canadian, so I do it in the States and it would always go over a little bit differently. But when I go through the checkout line, sometimes I grab like I look at who is behind me and I see like cookies or try, try to find a treat. Right. I say, oh, can I see that for a second? I get them to scan it. Right. And then I would uh, pay for them and I'd say like free cookie day or something. And they would, they'd like that. And there's one like kind of mean looking guy. And he's like, hey, like, what are you doing? And then I just <laughs> I told him what I did. And he goes, oh, and he kind of got upset. And then he's like, wow. He's like, that's amazing, man. He's like, I'm totally going to do that. He's like, I didn't know what you were doing. Um, so just stuff like that. And even just getting people's names, it's especially even with the COVID and the mask thing. It's like we're dehumanizing life. Right. And so how can you take what a quote unquote spiritual practice is, you know, out into the daily world. And then you have to leave that bigger stuff um, out there. Cause I think that this world, it truly is a spiritual battleground and we are either choosing good or evil. It says in the Bible, you can't choose a uh, mammon or God, money or God or money or materialism. It doesn't mean you can't be wealthy and have money. It means you can't sacrifice your soul to get money. Right. And it's all a very real choice and it's going to come to you someday. Yeah. So, oh man, I guess so much for that. Um, <laughs> what, let me just go here. Where, what was your favorite trip? What country was your favorite? I don't know. They were all really uh, Nepal on Everest just cause I almost died and it's Everest is miraculous. And four days up on Everest, I've read that there's an amazing uh, book series called the life and masters or the life and teachings of the masters of the far East. I was like four or five days up on Everest. I look across the Valley. There is a temple in the side of the cliff face uh, way across. And I asked my guides if they knew where that was or what was going on there. And they didn't know. <laughs> it's like, you don't know. 
you don't know where that is or how to get there, or who's over there. Like, no, and I was like, and it's so far across the valley trekking up. So there's some very mysterious stuff over there. So Nepal's definitely got wow. a special place in my heart. That was the, that was one of the first big things I wanted to do. And what was, what was the weather like when you were there? Was it treacherous or was it good? Oh yeah. No, I got caught in a snowstorm. I almost died. <laughs> it, was, it was not good. <laughs> oh so, yeah. And, and really yeah. cold. Yeah, it was all right. Like every other day until the snowstorm hit, it was totally fine. Right. It's like, you know, if you're just walking up to base camp, it's not an issue. It's when you're trying to get summit, which I didn't do. That's when it really becomes dangerous. The only problem for me was I got caught in a snowstorm. So, um, yeah, so I put myself in a bad spot, but it ended up being okay. And then when, so when the snow came, like, where were you? Like, did, did you have, what kind of shelter was available? Yeah, they have lots of cabins, right? So I was in the cabin. The issue was um, no one went up or down, and I had to make the peak if I wanted to see because I had a flight out to Thailand. So my guides are like, you got to go if you want to go. So we're trying to go through knee and waist deep snow for like an hour. I'm just like drenched sweat. I'm, I'm two days out from uh, base camp. And um, then we have to go out again and we take a little break because we didn't got anywhere, go out again and the temperature drops and my body just started shutting down. And a long story short, but I started to take these rests on rocks. And this was like one of the first near death experiences I've had. I think I've had like four, um, but um, a voice, it was my voice outside myself said, it's okay, Matt, go to sleep. <laughs> You'll be fine. So it was not my internal dialogue, like me as if I was standing there on the outside and I was so calm and so peaceful. And that's why it was horrifying because like i could have just gone to sleep so comfortably it was so inviting it was so cozy <laughs> so, and, uh, but you didn't listen to it no man i was like oh god i'm in trouble and just ended up like another it was like another two hours i just walked through like glacier water couldn't feel my body i was like i just i gotta get through this like i just, I just holy cow yeah my my body you, decided we're not that, dying now <laughs> what do you think that was calling you like what I don't do you know. think that like what like it, it wasn't a good thing you know what um, I mean? Like, is that's kind of weird thinking about that. It's like, totally. was it a good thing because it's trying to take you to a better place than we are now, or was yeah, it a oh, bad thing that's just trying to end you? It's got to be way better than this, man. I, I think, I think whatever. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> no. But what I'm saying is that with that voice, was that a yeah. voice that was trying to take you to that place, or was it just trying to end you? You know? Yeah. No, I think for me, I think it was the option. That's how I've seen it yeah like if you want to stop here but i feel like we all have work to do or learning to do right it's this place is if you really contemplate life it's very hard right if you have a heart if you see what's going on if you go through the experiences and the and the fears it's a it's a very challenging i think for most people anyway i really admire those who, who have a positive mindset for real and are happy all the time however i've seen both sides of that where they end up a lot of the times they don't have a family or they don't have, they haven't had any struggles. So it's, it's incredibly beautiful and there's, and it's a miraculous experience, but it's also very challenging, right? It's very heartbreaking. It's very, um, hard, you know? And so I feel like as we walk this journey, if we can do it with peace and grace and not harm and seek to leave it a little bit better, I feel like the other side will be a little bit easier. I got to hope anyway. What about this? What about this? I contemplate <laughs> this stuff too. So what about the fact that what you pay attention to becomes invalidated into existence? And if you don't pay attention to something or don't know about something, it doesn't really exist in your world. So I, you can actually cause and create your world the way you want it by what you pay attention to or don't pay attention to. Thoughts? 
Yeah, no, that's a really great question. Uh, one of my first mentors was Michael Lozier. He wrote the book, The Law of Attraction. I got super deep into that. Um, and I think maybe at a high level, I did meet a guy who I perceive to be the only enlightened guy that I have ever met. Um, very fascinating. It's kind of a long story. And he was not, he looks like a regular dude. You know what I mean? Like he was very thick. He was strong. He like, he was always wearing flip-flops in the middle of winter in Canada. And so, uh, so I think it might be possible at a level of mastery, but at the same time, as I've seen these ideas played out over time, um, in the spiritual community, stuff like Burning Man, I feel like life will have a way to maybe involve itself. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and make you realize that some of it's not into your control. Like, especially when you have kids, you realize not all of it's in control. You know, your heart breaks for, for your children. It's impossible. So to a degree, I believe it, it's true. You ma it's like in snowboarding. So teaching sports psychology, skateboarding is so precise. It's unbelievable. Everything can go wrong. You have to be so finite in what you choose, but it doesn't mean God or a bigger force can come step in at any time. So I think to a degree. And maybe at a mastery level, you could do that, but I certainly can't. <laughs> you know, well, I you know read the Bible and it talks about we're made in God's image and we're trying to be as much like him as possible, mm -hmm. right? Our aim is to go towards Jesus the way Jesus was, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I think about that, I think about God is, is you know, obviously a a separate entity, but working through us and we're trying to be like that. And the closer that we get to him, the more we're like that. Then I start to think, well... We should we shouldn't take ourselves for granted. Mindset, mentally, uh, you know, our our physical bit, you know, abilities, our ability to create out of nothing um, comes from God. So, you know, man, I, we can go like you said, we can talk about this for hours. What's next for you, man? Like, what, you got the <laughs> podcast. Uh, you you got to register your podcast in Canada now. The the Canadian they government say, is I will not ridiculous. Do that. <laughs> what, what's that? They say that I will not, I will not comply. Uh, you so. will not comply. Okay. <laughs> so, so what's next for you, man? You know, it's interesting for me. So yeah, getting shut down was obviously not ideal um, at all. I ended up, you know, things were really going in a positive direction before COVID had a bunch of speaking engagements, events all lined up that kind of got shattered. So it kind of got to trust the plan of whatever God's will is. And I kind of like what you shared about that because the Bible has been helpful for me because in the Bible, it says, you know, don't be afraid, like, I don't know, 365 times. Like, there is nothing at all to feel. And um, so getting more into that alignment of knowing that I was created by God and I'm also protected by God. So all this nonsense, it, you know, has got to fall. My friend Cal Washington is one of my friends. He's an amazing guy. Look him up. He does amazing uh, talks. He, he's kind of a law guy, but he knows the Bible front and back. And he said, this is the end of this darkness. You know, everyone's choosing which way they want to go. This is the end of, you can see how horrible stuff is, right? So he's like, I'm happy. Like, this is the end of this nonsense. Anyway, so for me, I'm going to be redoing Zen Athlete um, as a business that won't get censored. So originally when I wrote Zen Athlete, the big goal was to make mental training for sport mainstream. Everything that I learned and took for granted in martial arts is not taught in every sport. And even mm -hmm. the basics. I've taught Olympians, pro athletes, you know, high-level sports, Nitro Circus, all over the world. And it's just very simple stuff that should be passed down that is not being passed down. So I'm going to make a really robust sports psychology program that hopefully will not get censored. And that will be <laughs> the business front and then i'll continue the podcast moving forward and, and and two questions i have but let's start with this one why do you why did you get shut down why do you believe that you got shut down i just went out uh when COVID happened i had already had 500 episodes of the podcast and i just started interviewing my friends who were doctors on what was going on so i knew the survival rate and you know i knew where the money was going and all this kind of stuff you know 
It was easy. The, these, the thing is about these people, they're actually, you can believe this or not, they're actually Satanists. They actually worship Satan. Part of that contract is they have to tell you what they're doing. So if you don't know what's going on, go to the World Economic Forum and get on their email list. They'll tell you what they're going to do. You know, all of this stuff has been public forever. So I would just take clips from 1980, 1970, 1990, 2008. All these people who run these organizations, put them in a little thing together, paint the picture for people and say, this is where we're going. So you're right about the digital currency. They're going to go to first uh, the digital IDs, right? And then they actually want to put a chip in your arm. And this is on the World Economic Forum's website. This is not my opinion. They Klaus Schwab wrote two books. And that's what I was saying about the states is like they have to conquer you. You're the last beacon of freedom, right? So you're even though even like federally, yeah, most of your politicians are conquered. However, states, I didn't even know this as a Canadian, that you have your own army, that you have your own like the state National governor Guard. can go tell yeah. them to go F off. So in the, in the U.S., if you didn't like what was going on, you could go to a state that you know, you prefer in Canada, we didn't have that option. It got blanketed over Canada, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere, but yours. You're the last, you're the last building block to play any defense on this globalist reach that has so much power. And now more and more are catching on. So there's no way that they conquer, conquer this. Cause there's no way they conquer you fully. It, it can't happen. People will wake up first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope so. They're starting to wake up. So final question here, as we wind down, why do you think people want uh, the answer to things to be so complicated for them to accept it versus what you just said a minute ago about sports psychology being simple. The answer is simple. It's just not being passed down. Yeah. I think we're just conditioned to th have things easy. Right. And I think we, what you spoke about earlier, kind of the law of attraction and Buddhism, they call it the mental nutriments. So we're being trained and conditioned to be very weak people. We're also being trained and conditioned to uh, be followers, to be just everything that is, not positive um, or strong. So we need to take control of our education system, our homeschool, your kids. Um, you need to install positive values because then they'll understand that like, you know, I interviewed a couple of people who could deadlift a thousand pounds, right? The process is not that complicated. It was done over time. You know, the simple process done over time. When I was in China training with the Shaolin monks, you know, they could break stone with two fingers for real. The process was not that complicated. They poked trees for years, as we said, but he also did meditation for years. So he directed energy, but there's dent holes in trees from daily practice over years. And so it just showed that like over a long duration of time, that simple practice can be become something that seems superhuman. So I feel like it's just the conditioning that we're getting and uh, all the stuff that's going on with media, education, you know, quick fix kind of deal. Yeah. And it, they will, they don't want, they don't want us to be powerful beings. No. Right. So, all right. Well, Matt, listen, where's the best place for people to find you at this point with what you've been through? <laughs> yeah. You got to go. Funny, but... Yeah, I know. You got to go direct to the website. It's the only way, uh, com, and then join the email list. Um, you, I have a telegram link there. So telegram kind of lets me get stuff out there, but it's not as popular a platform. So, you know, I'm in a little, let, let's say hiatus and then we'll just, you know, bounce back. But that's the whole thing about adaptation. You know, I'm a dad now. I have two daughters. And if I can be a great dad, then my life is complete. So that's the goal here. And then I still have my own personal goals with the podcast and uh, Zen Athlete. But that'll get worked on as long as, you know, I take care of my two babies. I have a one-month-old now. So there'll be a lot of great things. And if I can help them be great humans and I can be a great community member um, and make something positive happen in this world, then I've done my little part in this chaos and beauty. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you could make it today and appreciate you being here. I uh, look forward to building a relationship with you, bro. And anything I can do to help, let me know. Appreciate it. And, 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 and I'll definitely light up your podcast. So anytime you want, man, we'll, we'll coordinate that after the show here. 
we need to go much longer. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, sounds good, dude. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening, being a supporter of the What Are You Made Of show here with your boy C-Rock from That One Studio. Until next time and, we'll, and our next guest, be that 